0: This is the Ardella Training Podcast, episode number 64.
1: Welcome to the Ardella Training Podcast, the podcast dedicated to forging athletic bodies around the world. Ardellatraining.com is the no BS authority in kettlebell and barbell training for today's athlete, coach, and fitness enthusiast. Get strong, build muscle, and forge an athletic body with your host, the scientist of strength, Scott Ardella.
0: Hey guys, what's going on? It's Scott. Thanks for being here. I appreciate you listening. And in this week's show, I've got a great one for you because we're going to hear from Dr. Jim Afromel. He's the author of a great new book called The Champion's Mind. And we're going to hear some specific advice about how to develop a winning mindset to improve our performance. And mindset is something that is so, so important, yet it's something that's not discussed a lot. For example, if you look at all the information out there online, there's a ton of information out there about exercise and programming and nutrition, but not a lot in the area of mindset. And that's why I'm so excited to uh, bring you this great interview with a thought leader in the area of mental training and peak performance. That's Dr. Jim Aframal. So uh, before we get into that, a few quick announcements. The first one is if you could as always please drop your review in iTunes or Stitcher. The reviews really help to grow the show and it's been great to see all the the great reviews coming. So thank you so much if you've already done that. It's really easy to do. All you do is click on ratings and reviews. You click on write a review and you can just drop in a sentence or two. And if you like the show, please make it a five-star review. That would be great. And um, again, it really, really helps to grow the show. So thank you very much for doing that. Second is, I wanted to update you on the scientific strength podcast, so that podcast will be coming sometime in the month of may i 've been uh, a little focused and well, not a little focused i 've been a lot focused on this uh, current challenge program that we 've uh, had going on for the month of April that is winding down it 's been an incredible month of training that we've been doing uh, focused on a kettlebell program that I put together for the month of April that is winding down. Um, I know that I've had a tremendous benefit from doing the program and based on the feedback from others, they've had great results as well. So I'll be talking more about that in the future and sharing those results soon as well. So, uh, But anyway, look for the Scientific Strength Podcast definitely to uh, come out sometime in the month of May. The third thing is I wanted to just uh, quickly mention as we get into this great session is that I'm going to have more information on mindset coming in future episodes. Like I mentioned, this is a really, really important topic, but something that's not discussed a lot and it can really make a difference in our training and performance and help us get better results. So I have other great guests coming and we're going to dive deeper into this topic and um, really offer some great perspective and specific advice about how we can uh, mentally prepare ourselves for our training sessions and uh, go through mental conditioning to, again, help all of us get better results and help us train at a higher level. I mean, that's really what it's all about. So I am really excited to uh, bring in this topic today and share this uh, great interview with you. Now I stumbled onto this book, uh, The Champion's Mind, uh, I guess a couple months back now. And it, it's uh, it's a fairly new book, but it's a it's a great book. Again, you're gonna hear about it from the author himself, Dr. Jim Aframal. Let me tell you about Dr. Aframal because he is a much sought-after mental game coach. He's a licensed professional counselor, and he's the author of this great new book. He is located in Phoenix, Arizona, but Dr. Aframal provides individual and team mental training services across the globe to athletes, teams and coaches in all sports. For over 15 years, Dr. Aframal has been has assisted numerous high school, collegiate, recreational and professional athletes including Major League Baseball, the NBA, Professional Golfers Association, the NHL and the NFL to name a few. And he's also trained several U.S. and international Olympic competitors. Dr. Aphromau is definitely considered a leader in the industry, and he is a leading sports psychologist. He is the founder of Good to Gold Medal, his sports performance counseling company. So with that, let's get into a, uh, a great interview. I really want you to uh, to listen to all the great advice and specific strategies that uh, Dr. Aframal shares. And again, as always, with all these interviews, think about what you can use and apply, what you can take away from this interview and apply right now in your training to take things to another level. So I hope that you find that it's valuable. And um, I do have a couple of uh, quick resources for you at the end of the uh, podcast session. So stay tuned for that. Let's start with the interview with Dr. Jim Afromal. All right. So joining me today is leading sports psychologist, Dr. Jim Aframel. And I can tell you, I am really excited about this interview because this topic is something that we don't talk enough about. And that is the mental side of training and how to develop a championship mindset. So Dr. Aframel, it's great to have you here today. And we're going to jump right into the questions. And the first question is, uh, can you tell the listeners about your experience as a sports psychologist?
1: Sure. Well, thanks for having me on, Scott. And um, so I have a doctorate in sports psychology, uh, and I'm also a licensed professional counselor. uh, But I refer to myself as a mental performance consultant uh, because I focus on the six-inch playing field between a player's ears. Yeah. Uh, So my goal is to help performers to make their minds as strong and as powerful as their body. Um, and, And usually, that's in three areas. So. Whether fine-tuning their game mentally and emotionally, uh, bouncing back from any kind of setback, uh, such as a mental block or a slump or an injury. And then the third area would be uh, helping athletes work through any off-field issues or concerns uh, that begin to interfere with their performance on the field.
0: Excellent. I wonder if you can talk about the type of athletes that you work with. I know that you've, you've worked with all different levels, all different, you know, professional athletes and amateurs. And I wonder if you could share, um, some examples of, of who you have worked with.
1: Sure. Well, uh, I've worked with, uh, numerous professional athletes across all of the major sports. So major league baseball players, um, you know, NFL pro football players and so on. Um, as well as a lot of, uh, college student athletes, um, I was employed at Arizona State University for about 10 years. I, I recently transitioned uh, into full-time private practice. Um, but uh, I enjoy working with student-athletes because we could work on, you know, performing well on the field and then in the classroom as well. Um, I've worked with a couple international Olympic teams, uh, India's Olympic field hockey team, uh, and then the Greek Olympic softball team. Um, in addition to that, I work with uh, the NFL Combine guys each year through uh, EXOS, uh, which was formerly called Athletes Performance. And so it's just been a great experience. I've had the opportunity to work with Adrian Peterson and J.J. Watt and Marshawn Lynch, uh, Matt Ryan. A lot of those, uh, you know, what turned out to be great NFL football players, I met them uh, as they're preparing for the NFL Combine uh, in group settings. And we worked on their mental prep for the, for the NFL Combine um, and also helped them with the Wunderlich
0: test. Interesting. Now, how did you get involved in the area of sports psychology? And I'm wondering, did you see gaps in the area of kind of training the the mindset and helping athletes improve their 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 mental aspect of training?
1: Sure. Well, I've always been interested uh, in, you know, uh, what makes people tick, you know, and uh, and and how we behave and how we can uh, perform better in anything we do. Um, So I've always been interested in psychology and then uh, just been a big sports fan. I, I love uh, having an active lifestyle. Uh, my father was a master's track and field runner um, and a big sports fan. Uh, but when I was growing up, uh, never really even heard about sports psychology um, and so um, I think we could all benefit from it obviously, but uh, back in the day it was uh, it was something that wasn't talked about too much. Uh, now in some sports it's actually strange if you don't talk about
0: it. what sports do you think um, it's talked about the most in
1: well i think uh professional golf are actually golf at all levels um yes you know, uh there's been a lot of great work by Bob Rotel and other well-known sports psychologists and uh so sports psychology um you know uh if you're not if you're a golfer and you're not working on your mental game uh people are more concerned about you than if you are working on your mental game so yeah um you know tennis is is another big one uh you know, baseball is big too. There's, you know, a lot of the sports that are self-started, where there's a lot of downtime in between the action. Uh, that's when our mind could go uh, into left field and uh, start to interfere with our performance. And so, we really need to get a good handle on what we're thinking out there.
0: What sport examples are lacking in mindset training?
1: You know, I would say that that um, that most sports uh, would benefit from from more emphasis. So. You know, on the one hand, when you look at individual performers, we're all underachievers. It's just how close to our potential do we get? And so then when you look at it, you know, so my job is to help maximize uh, what you do have um, and using your mind. But I would say that when you really think about it, every sport is underutilizing uh, sports psychology unless everyone in that sport is using it.
0: Well, we're going to get into that. We're going to get into that because I want to really ask you about, you know, how can we develop our, um, sports psychology, no matter what we're doing and whether we're recreational athletes, you know, how can we do better by improving our, our mental game? And and we'll get into that for sure. Um, I did have a question about, uh, in, in your experience with all the athletes that you've worked with, I wonder if there are some general, uh, key mistakes that you've seen in terms of mental preparation with that, with athletes.
1: Sure. I I think first and foremost, um, you have to decide what you really, really want. Um, You have to have a big picture goal and then uh, chip away at it each day uh, through intelligently applied hard work. And, you know, that's what champions do. They know exactly what they want to accomplish, uh, and then they focus on daily acts of excellence. And I would say that a lot of athletes don't have a, a, a big picture goal. They're not really clear about what they want to accomplish. And so it's hard to on a daily basis to work towards something that you're not sure you want to accomplish. And so I think that's a big one. Um, I think also too, is just not being focused. Um, You know, when we're, you know, when I work with a student athlete, for example, I might say, what are you thinking about in the classroom? And I hear, Oh, I'm thinking about today's practice. And I say, you know, what are you thinking about during practice? Oh, I'm thinking about the homework I have to do after practice. And so, uh focus is is everything. And so if we're, if, you know, so what I tell athletes is when you show up to practice or training, you know, or the gym, make sure you're on time, but also make sure you're on mind. And And what I mean by that is make sure that you're focused for the duration. And that, that doesn't mean that you have to be locked in the entire time. It just means you need to be in the present during the whole time. So you could open your focus and relax between sets, but it's important that you're not getting distracted by the future or the, you know, in terms of what you have to do after the workout or what happened earlier in the day.
0: Let, let me go back to what you said about, um, not having a clear goal. Cause that's something that's really important. Now, did you say that that's, is that more, uh, I guess, recreational amateur type athletes compared to professional.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think at all levels because, um, you know, I, I'm just, what just popped into my mind. Uh, I worked with a, uh, Uh, pro baseball player, and I said, well, what was one of the hardest moments uh, of your career so far? And he said, the first game I pitched in the big league. And I was thinking, that would be the best day. Uh, And I said, what's up with that? And he said, well, (laughs) you know, I've been working my whole whole life to get to this point, and here I am, now what do I do? And so he had the big picture goal to make it to the major leagues. What we needed to do together is decide on where he wanted to go next. Uh, So once he decided, okay, let's go for an all-star game, Then he was back on track. Then he had his big-picture goal, and he could chip away at that every day. You know, I might have work with a pro golfer who, uh, you know, I wouldn't necessarily recommend this, but he might say, you know, my goal is to make a cut. And then once he makes the cut, he's just out there kind of floundering because he's already accomplished his goal. So we always need to put a goal in front of us uh, and then get tunnel vision working toward that goal and then tweak or update our goals as we move along.
0: Yeah. You know, I'm so glad you say that, said that because that's something that we talk a lot about on the show all the time. And it's, um, it, the thing that I say is that, you know, identify your top goal and go relentlessly toward that number one goal. And you can't chase all these different goals at one time, you know, at, at one time, pick the top thing that you want and, and focus on that, you know, and, um, Certainly, this is a strength training podcast to talk about programming and things and pick the program to match that goal that you want. But that, that's really amazing that you said that those were two of the biggest mistakes is not having a clear goal and not being focused because that's something that we talk about all the time here on the show. Well, so.
1: Absolutely. And those go hand in hand. So if you have a, if you have a big picture goal, then, then what you need to do is set a daily goal in support of that big picture goal. And that's how you stay focused. Yeah. Um, So a lot of athletes, to be honest, they'll say, you know, what were you doing today at the gym or what, you know, tell me about practice. And it's kind of almost an attitude of, well, I'm just trying to get through it. And so, you know, that's not getting you closer to your big picture goal. It should be, you know, I'm not in practice. I'm into practice, you know, I'm getting better today through practice and I'm taking one step closer to my ultimate dream goal. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And that's when we feel on a mission. That's when, that's when we feel most alive. And I think that's why goal setting is so important. You know, you don't want to get stuck on the big picture goal where, uh, you know, you just think it's way off in the distance, but you want to link it to what you're doing today. And that's what makes us feel, you know, that we're doing something that, you know, makes us smile and makes us feel more alive.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Great points. Uh, before I, before we start to talk about your book, let me ask you what, what is your opinion on how important is mindset training uh, so I know it, I know it depends a lot on, on the sport. Let's, let's take a strength athlete, for example, an Olympic weightlifter. And let's say technique is, uh, uh, 30% sh- strength is 20% and mindset 50%. W- would you agree with something like that? I mean, is mindset that big of a, uh, important component in training in in athletics?
1: Well, I always go back to what, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar said, you know, the all-time NBA leading scorer, uh, he said that uh, your mind is what makes everything else work. And so, um, you know, I think we need to start there instead of end there, you know, in terms of working on and thinking about the mindset. Uh, You know, there's been so many great physically gifted athletes, um, but it's really rare if you ever see a champion um, that's not really confident or not really focused or – uh, you know doesn 't have mental toughness, and so you know I think that a lot of times we we kind of know that that's important, but we don't have a game plan or a process in place uh, to work on it um, but you know uh, I do know in uh, jack nicholas's uh former coach uh, swing instructor uh, one time jokingly said that uh, golf is ninety percent mental and the other ten percent is two. <laughs>
0: That's great. So th- actually the, the numbers that I, um, just went through with you with the, um, 50% mindset and 30% technique, and it was actually 20% power. I just picked up the book that, that came from, that came from, t- uh, Tommy Kono's great book called championship weightlifting. And that it, it, he has a little visual there of that, that pie chart. And it was just, it, it just was so amazing to me that mindset out of, you know, when you think about Olympic weightlifting and what a strength sport and technique sport that is. And that, and then mindset is 50%. It's just, so that, that's really why I wanted to ask you. And, um,
1: Oh yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I think, uh, there's a great quote from Michael Phelps who's in the news today and he's here in Arizona competing right now. Um, he, uh, he said, when I'm focused, uh, there's nothing that could get in my way. There's nothing that I can accomplish, you know? And so, yeah. Kind of getting back to the you know the mind body connection. If your mind is elsewhere, if you're distracted, if you're scattered, uh, then you're not at full power. Right, um, right. So again, the mental game. I look at the mental game as trying to get the most out of your physical game. Um, you know, in the mind, and you know, and to be honest too, the mind and the body are connected. That's why we call it the mind body connection. So yeah. in some ways, you could even argue that. Uh, the mental game is a hundred percent and the physical game is a
0: hundred. Well, let's, let's talk about your book. Cause this is a great book and I got it, um, a, a few weeks back, maybe a month or so ago. It's fantastic. The book is the champion's mind, how great athletes think, train and thrive. So let's hear from you. Um, you know, who did you write this book for and, um, how are you hoping that it helps readers?
1: Sure. You know, I, I've always been, um, someone that, that loves to read, and so uh, because I love sports psychology and that's my career, uh, you know, I've always been looking for a good book to read on the topic, and there's some good ones out there, um, but I wanted to write a book that I wanted to read, um, and what I mean by that is, you know, it covers the territory, so it covers all the main topics, um, but then it drills down into the details, so, you know, some insight and some practical ideas uh, for how to put these concepts into play right away. Um, So, you know, my goal and my hope is that anyone that's serious about taking their game up a level, you know, or multiple levels can really benefit from the book. Um, And, you know, whether you're a serious contender for the Olympics or you're a high school student athlete going for varsity, um, you know, and, and what I really appreciate is when I get, you know, feedback that the book helps readers in the classroom or in the boardroom as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's a really valuable book, and I've I found that there's not a lot of books out there on mindset, and that's why when I saw this book, I mean, I ordered it right away, and I'm going to just read something here in the, in the uh, introduction here, because I think it's really powerful about who this book is for and how it can help people. So the book starts out, the challenging plan presented in this book details how you can reach your pinnacle of athletic excellence and become a champion in your sport or fitness activity whether you are a high school, college, recreational, professional, or an Olympic athlete. So, I mean, to me, that just says that everybody should read this book. I mean, if you are involved in sports or athletics or fitness, you need to read this book. And there are just so many good um, specific um, principles and practical ideas in this book. So, Let's dive into that a little bit. Um let's do, one of the things that I think a lot of people struggle with in, in competition and I know listeners to this podcast, they go into uh high level fitness certifications, for example, kettlebell training certifications that are very, very demanding. And um, you know, there's some anxiety and stress around that and performing it uh you know, the top level and, and passing the certifications or going into a competition. And so I'm wondering what advice you would have for people that, uh, that are dealing with anxiety issues prior to competitions.
1: Well, that's that's one of the, uh, uh, the, the number one presenting concerns when an athlete comes to see me as well as maybe a musician or a performing artist. Um, and, um, you know, there's a lot of misconceptions around the topic of performance anxiety, you know, and I think that the first one is that it's abnormal. Um, nervous is normal. And what I mean by that is if you never get anxious, then you're either lying or you're dead uh, because we all get anxious, it's how we're built. And so take the shame away from it because uh, a lot of times we almost feel like, okay, I shouldn't be feeling this way. I can't get rid of this feeling, so there's something wrong with me. And what I would say is there's a lot right with you. So, Let's say you're going to the gym and you're going to be doing bench presses. Well, you know, how well would you do if your heart rate was at resting? So it's actually your body getting ready to perform is what we're feeling. And so we need to ally with anxiety instead of try to get rid of it. Right. Um, Right. So I think the most important thing is to welcome it, to accept it and to harness it. And that's why, you know, I really appreciate the sports psychology saying, which is, um, Get your butterflies to fly in formation. So it's not about getting rid of your butterflies that are in your stomach. Yeah. it's about using using them to your advantage.
0: Yeah, that's a great concept. That's a great concept. I um, <clears throat> I recently went in a uh, my first powerlifting meet actually uh, about a month ago, and some of the principles that were that are in your book really uh, helped me deal with uh, the anxiety and the stress. And one of the things that I kept having in my mind is, you know, I have to make this work for me instead of against me. And I think that's really the, the the key thing and what you just said with the butterflies flying in formation. And that's, that's a great, great, uh, tip.
1: Yeah. Well, I actually had an athlete recently, a track and field athlete that, uh, that said, uh, you know, he asked me, uh, you know, my heart before a race and my heart is beating so fast. Can you help me make it stop? And I said, do you really want me to help you make your heart stop? You know, we both laughed <laughs> about that. Yeah. Um, but again, it's, it's uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it's our body priming itself. It's getting ready to perform. And so, um, you know, embrace it. Um, that's extra energy yeah. uh, for the yeah. task at 10. Um, and it's something that we all need. And so, you know, I think, unfortunately, we, we just think that it's something that I just, you know, I just wish I didn't have this. Uh, but I think when you learn to embrace it and channel it and and uh, and work with it, then it's amazing what you could accomplish.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I'm, I'm going to share another uh, thing that I got out of, out of your book, and something that really just stuck with me as I went through the day and and the powerlifting meet, and it was kind of the the concept that uh, you talked about of feeding the good wolf. And th- this was really big for me because. <clears throat> during that day, again, you know, my first, uh, powerlifting meet, you know, having the anxiety that I just mentioned, but you know, you have the tendency of, you know, the, the negative thoughts, the self doubt, you know, can I make this lift, you know, with the anxiety working, is it going to work for me or against me? And then you think about, you know, I kept thinking, well, I've done these lifts before. I know my technique. I've worked hard for this. I'm fully prepared, you know, so that, that little concept that feed the good wolf, um, mentality. And it was just so critical. I I wrote an article about my experience and that was like one of the big, big things for me personally. Um, Mm -hmm. I wonder if you could maybe talk about that a little bit.
1: Sure. I actually read your article and I I really enjoyed reading it. Um, And it is such an important concept because uh, we talk to ourselves all day long Um, and, you know, we're not always aware of it, Um, but our thoughts can be positive or negative. They could be helpful or harmful. And so there's an old Uh, Native American story about the two wolves, and, you know, we have a kind of a bad wolf and a good wolf in our head, and the wolf that will end up winning is the one we feed. And so a lot of times we would never talk to a good friend or a teammate the way we talk to ourselves. And so it's about learning to be your own best friend, and so catching yourself when you have some negative thoughts about yourself or your performance, and then, you know, really looking at it and saying, you know, is this accurate, is this helpful, Uh, what would I rather be thinking? And then making sure to feed your good wolf, you know, so like what you are doing, I'm, I'm well prepared. Um, you know, I got it in me. Um, you know, I can do this. Uh, that's really helpful. Um, you know, the bad wolf will probably never be able to totally get rid of our inner bad wolf. Yeah. Uh, but we don't have to listen to it or believe everything it says.
0: Right. What would you say is a, a daily practice? I'm just, um, thinking here about, uh, listeners and, and recreational athletes and, and I'm wondering what, what you would say would be a good daily practice or a daily mindset, uh, technique would be that people could use in their training, in their day-to-day training sessions.
1: Well, the the great thing, the wonderful thing about uh, mental skills and strategies is that uh, we could all get better at them and that there's a lot to choose from. So, you know, whether body language, positive self-talk, uh, visualization, uh, meditation, uh, relaxation training. So yes. my advice would be to pick one, Yes. you know, maybe one that you haven't tried too much. So let's say, you know, mental imagery, visualization, um, spend, you know, 10, 15 minutes every other day and... You know, go through a dry run of your performance and, you know, make sure to to include all the details um, and see yourself performing the way you know that you're capable of performing and that you want to perform. And the more you do that, the clearer your images will become and and the images will also become more controllable. Um, So I would pick one mental skill or strategy and then for 21 days or two weeks or however long, um, really work on it like you would a physical skill. Uh, And it's amazing how much better uh, you can become at any of these skills. Um, You know, one pro basketball player I work with, he said that when he first started trying to imagine himself dribbling the ball up and down the court, you know, when he's just sitting there with his eyes closed, he said the ball would stick to the basket uh, or to the floor. Uh, And he said that the more he practiced, the clearer it became and the easier it became to picture himself making plays out there. And he said after a year of doing that, it was almost like he was playing a video game. Yes. He said it really helped his performance because he could picture what he wanted to work on and then go out there and make it happen.
0: Yeah, that's great. I, you know, I, I found this, the same thing is, you know, the the visualization on the days that I, um, when I'm doing heavy lifts, for example, and I visualize, um, let's say half, half uh, body weight press with a kettlebell or a, a max deadlift. When I spend the extra time, to to visualize that day's session, it almost always pays off and works in my favor. And when I don't, you know, sometimes that that bad wolf will be louder, <laughs> you know, I'll feed the bad wolf and it doesn't work out. So um, you know, two two principles there, but, um, but the visualization, um, in in my experience has been a really, really, uh, powerful technique. Now I love your idea of, because there are a lot of different techniques that you outline in the book. And I think Mm -hmm. you made a really good, uh, suggestion is to, is to pick one, um, you know, stick with that for a month, try that out and Mm -hmm. see how that works in your own training and performance. So that's great advice.
1: Well, and what's, what's good about that as well is that, all these mental skills and strategies, um, they, uh, they're interconnected. So, for example, if I'm picturing myself, uh, you know, uh, lifting a certain weight with correct form, well, that's also going to help my confidence. You know, and while I'm imagining myself doing that, I'm also focused. So it's helping improve my concentration skills. So uh, they all help each other, which is really great.
0: Another area I wanted to ask you about is, is mental toughness. And so this really is, is a major factor in conditioning, in high levels of, of conditioning. So I wonder if you could maybe, maybe define what mental toughness is and maybe a strategy, how we can improve that.
1: Sure. Yeah. I, the way I, I define mental toughness is that uh, it's built on doing the thing that is hard over and over again, especially when you don't feel like doing it. Um, you know, and and the other side of that is um, it's staying positive and proactive when something negative happens. You know, because a lot of times we think about you know like mental toughness is stealing ourselves when someone's screaming at us. You know, that's not mental toughness. That's kind of like abuse. Um, yeah. But mental toughness is really just pushing yourself to do what's uncomfortable. You know, be getting comfortable, being uncomfortable, getting outside your comfort zone, uh, doing the thing that's hard over and over again until it becomes easier. Um, and then just staying uh, almost psychotically optimistic or relentlessly optimistic during that time. Um, so it's not about, it's, you know, it, it, it's more about almost underreacting to anything negative that happens. So one of the tips that have uh competitive athletes is that, you know, on the day of the big game, number one, downplay the importance. It's the same thing you've done every day. Uh, you know, it's who you are and what you do. So don't make it bigger than life. It's just kind of like a fancy practice. And then number two, underreact to anything negative that happens or unexpected. Kind of roll with the punches. And then when you think about it, that's mental toughness because you're not letting those little things get you off track. Um, but uh, mental tough. So I would say, you know, one of the ways to work on it is just decide beforehand that, you know, before I go to the gym or before I go to the practice field, uh, I'm not going to let anything faze me today. You know, so uh, I'm going to show up on time. I'm going to be on mine. Uh, and I'm going to try to maintain a great attitude the entire time, you know? And so, especially that's important when you're having a down day. Yeah. So you're not yeah. feeling a hundred percent. Well, get a hundred percent of whatever you do have that day.
0: Right. Right. Now I'm going to throw a scenario at you that, um, relates to, uh, some of the techniques that, that we do here, some of the listeners do here. So w- one of the mental toughness, uh, tests, that we kind of do with this high level of conditioning that I mentioned earlier is a, is a kettlebell snatch test. And what that is, is you're doing a kettlebell snatch, which is basically elevating a kettlebell up overhead. Uh, for men, um, you basically use a 53 pound kettlebell, a 24 kilo kettlebell, and you're required to do hundred reps in, uh, five minutes or less. So th- that is like the ultimate mental toughness challenge. Obviously there's a, you need to be physically strong and conditioned to do that, but there is a, a big mental part of that, uh, snatch test. And I'm wondering, is there any advice or a- any suggestion that you could offer with something like that? So something that's very physically demanding, um, in a short time period. And he, even, you know, you could relate that into an endurance athlete. Um, I, I'm not an endurance athlete, but I'm just thinking it's the same type of thing. That's the mental toughness, um, aspect of running a marathon. So what type of, um, advice would you have for either of those two scenarios?
1: Well, I think, uh, uh, uh chunking what you're doing, uh, can really help instead of getting overwhelmed with the big picture, you focus on the small picture. So, for example, I remember reading a story about a, a grandmother who's a, also, a, you know, happens to be an ultra marathon runner. And she was asked one time, How do you run 50 miles? You know, that's, you know, that's overwhelming to think about it. And she said, I don't run 100 or 50 miles. I run, I run one mile 50 times. You know, so yeah, for yeah. for the exercise that you're talking about, yes. um, I think it's just, you know, just keep reminding yourself one more, one more time, you know, one more thing, one more time. Yeah. Um, and just focusing on good form, good breathing, good technique, um, and pretty soon, you know, one good one in a row, and pretty soon you'll get to the end. Right. I th- so when we I, actually get that- overwhelmed with the big picture, that's when you got to go back to the small picture, yeah. you know? And it's just, what can I do this single moment? And, um, and, and, and just do it as well as you can, and then move on to the next one.
0: I think that's fantastic. So I I love that, what you just said. (laughs) And um, so the the snatch test, again, is 100 reps. And the way that we do that is we'll typically do, well, there's a lot of different strategies around it. But um, most people will do 10 reps one side, 10 reps the other, 10, 10, like that. So the way that you just described is the perfect way to chunk it down into those 10 reps and just take it 10 reps at a time. And that makes it, it mentally So much easier than if you think about, okay, I'm going to start a snatch test and i got to do a hundred reps. Just take it to 10 reps at a time approach. So that, that's great. Yeah. Fantastic.
1: Absolutely. And those, those, those 10 that you do get you to the next 10. And yes, you know, just for a personal example, um, while I was in graduate school, I I decided to run the Chicago marathon and, you know, I wasn't necessarily a big long distance runner, uh, but I thought it'd be kind of a fun challenge. Um, but you know, I was hard wrapping my mind around running 26.2 miles. So what really helped me is just to break it down into two 10 mile runs and then a 10 K to finish. And, you know, I thought, okay, I can run 10 miles. I can run another 10 miles, you know, with the training. Um, and then it's just a 10 K to bring it home. And so that really just, uh, helps to, uh, to feel less overwhelmed and, and, and more
0: confident. One other, uh, technique I want to ask you about, and I think this is really, really important as well, um, in physical training and and that is breathing. And you, I was so glad to see that you wrote a a chunk of material about breathing in there. So I'm wondering if you can maybe talk about how, uh, breathing plays into, uh, mindset training and performance training and maybe how we should best utilize, uh, breathing techniques.
1: Well, I think that, uh, you know, when if anyone that's uh, been involved in martial arts know you know, understands that uh, that's one of the keys of martial arts um, is proper breathing. Uh, because when we're breathing well, you know, deeply and fully, uh, we're at our best. And when we're not breathing uh, our best, uh, we're at a big disadvantage. Uh, so breathing keeps you in the moment. It's also good for the anxiety that we talked about. Um, you know, it it gets the oxygen in your system. Um, but it also just keeps your, you know, kind of helps to get the junk out of your head, the garbage out of your head so that you have a clear mind, um, you know, and then you're focused. Um, you know, one of my favorite sayings is a Chinese proverb that if you know the art of breathing, you have the strength, wisdom, and courage of 10 tigers. So what usually I see is that you know, when we're under pressure, we're under stress, you know, we're thinking about, you know, I'm only halfway through my workout. We tend to start holding our breath, uh, you know, and then that's when we get even more tired, uh, and that's when we get at a disadvantage. So deep breathing throughout the day is really helpful. Even if you're going to have your workout at the end of the day, what's going to really help you be there, just make sure you're breathing easily and deeply throughout the day.
0: Yeah, breathing is something that... uh you know, I, I really emphasize in, in the kettlebell uh, training, and, and certainly in, in the barbell lifts, and it's so, it's so important in in the the lifting component. But even outside of that, um, you know, relaxation, breathing, um, and dealing with some of the anxiety and things like that, um, and like, like you just mentioned, breathing techniques throughout the day. So is there anything else about the book? So I asked you about, uh, some of these, uh, a couple, couple of specifics in the book, but is there anything else about the book that you'd like to mention, uh, to listeners?
1: Sure. Um, you know, I, I, have a section on dealing with pain. Um, and that's something that you don't often see in books. Um, but we all know that, you know, especially, you know, when, it, whether it's weightlifting or, you know, endurance sports um, discomforts a big part, um, and so it's uh, it's important to learn how to move past the pain and discomfort to uh, the excellence uh, that waits on the other side. Um, uh, also, dealing with injuries. Uh, I remember uh, working with an NFL player, and I said, "You know, are you dealing with any injuries right now?" As I was doing the intake, and he said, "You know, at this level, we're always injured. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. just about that. So. The neat thing about the mental game is uh, it's helpful in anything we do. Peak performance is peak performance. So if you do happen to get injured, you know, it's not, you know it's not fun, but if you do happen to get injured, make rehab and recovery your new sport until you get your game back. So that's where all these mental skills and strategies are just as helpful, whether it's the breathing that we just talked about, whether it's visualizing yourself out on the field while you're watching practice, Uh, or just even visualizing the injured area healing and becoming better. So what I really want to do with the book is cover a lot of the area, if not all of the areas that, you know, uh, athletes and, you know, uh, you know, those interested in fitness can benefit from, uh, so that whatever the situation they're always
0: prepared. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I actually forgot about the, the injury, um, uh, sections in the book and, <clears throat> that that's a really big deal. I mean, because a lot of people are dealing with, um, you know, m- minor injuries, uh, nagging injuries and, you know, trying to figure out how to, you know, work through it so that that's a really, really big deal in, in fitness and in training. So, uh, yeah, you I, have
1: to, you have to listen to your body and, yeah. you know, champions, uh, you know, they push themselves to their own edge, but, but they do a really good job of shutting it down if they're hurt, uh, or sick. Uh, so they could live to train and, you know, win another day. So uh, with the injury piece, um, I see a lot of athletes uh, get impatient uh, during the recovery period, and they try to come back too soon and hurt themselves even more. Uh, Or they just give up and say, you know, I'm injured, never going to get better. Uh, You know, and that's kind of feeding the bad world. So the key when you're injured is, you know, uh, really team up um, with your uh, sports medicine uh, doctors and you know and athletic trainers and then really stick to what they have to say. Ask good questions, but make that your new sport. So be really focused in the training room.
0: Uh, where do you recommend people get the book?
1: Uh, the book, uh, as they say, is available wherever books are sold. So um, it's on Amazon.com. Uh, it's also Barnes and Noble online um, and. Uh, pretty much all the major bookstores, uh whether online or you know in your in in your area
0: yeah, and uh, like i said i I think it 's a fantastic book there there 's just not many books that are written um in this area, and the the way that it 's written, I think you did an excellent job in really breaking it down into these little um sections. Uh, you know, within the chapter. So it's very easy to read. And I think it's very practical as well. How would you recommend uh, people use the book? Because it is, there is a lot of information here and it is very practical, but what's the best way to to use the book and really apply the information?
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I did want to pack it uh, with information so that um, you get your money's worth and that uh, it could really benefit you in all areas of your game. You know, I would recommend reading through it one time uh, go through the whole book. Um, and then it's up to you in terms of, okay, I really need to go back to this section or that section, depending on, you know, uh, growth edges, um, you know, or targeting areas for improvement. Uh, but I also wanted it to be the kind of the book where it's also motivational, inspirational, so that you could, you know, there's tons of quotes and, and, you know, I was very fortunate and, and honored to get, uh, numerous Olympic champions and several pro athletes, uh, contribute, um, uh, you know, either their favorite mental game tip or their Olympic journey, uh, you know, to share with readers. So, you know, it's kind of one of those books too, where throw it in your bag, and you know, if you got a few minutes here or there throughout the day during any downtime, uh, you could just read a short section, uh, and that might be enough to give you a boost uh, for your workout or your practice session.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's great, and yeah, the uh, the case studies in the back of the book are are fantastic. So. Definitely, it's definitely a practical guide. So, where can people find you online?
1: Well, my website is uh, goldmetalmine.net. So that's www.goldmetalmine.net. You know, and that's the thing: we could all go for gold uh, in our in our own life, uh, in our in our own sport. Uh, and so, that's the motto of the book: is think gold and never settle for silver. And it's really about personal best is our ultimate victory. Um, so my website online and, um, um, you know, I'm located in Phoenix and I work with athletes all over the country.
0: Excellent. Uh, as always, I will attach links to everything that we talked about in the show notes for this episode. So you can go there as well. And, uh, the final question is, so a listener has listened all the way through this interview and what action besides getting the book, of course, get this, this book, uh, the champions mind.com by Dr. Jim Aframow, but what action do you have for the listener after listening to this interview?
1: Sure, I, w- I would say if I can only give one piece of advice would be every morning, ask yourself, what is my inner champion telling me to do today? Um, and then whatever pops into mind, it's probably going to be some good advice for you. Um, and follow that advice as best you can. And then when your head hits the pillow at night, I want you to say, you know, ask yourself, how was I a champion today? Uh, And then throughout the day, uh, you know, there's going to be times where you got to fake it till you make it. So act as if you're a champion and it's amazing what you could accomplish because we do all have those, you know, these are inner resources that are, that, that we're tapping into. Um, So, you know, think, feel, and act like a champion.
0: Excellent. So it's kind of asking yourself when you get up, what do you need to accomplish that day? And then did I accomplish that today when you go to bed? Is that kind of what you're saying?
1: Yeah. So you, you, you know, and this relates to the daily goals that we talked about before. So uh, what are my intentions, you know, and and asking yourself, usually we know, you know, I need to show up to practice a little bit earlier. or I need to work on this area of my game that I haven't been working on as much. Um, You know, I need to show up to all my classes today, or, you know, I need to warm down a little bit uh, better, you know, at the gym but whatever pops in your mind are the things that you really need to do that day, uh, to be your best self, um, do your best at that throughout the day. And like I said, take it till you make it or just act as if, um, because full motivation usually we use motivation as the excuse, you know, I'm not motivated. Well, full motivation usually comes during a workout or during an activity, not beforehand. Um, so knowing that's important, but at the end of the day, then it's about accountability. So, you'll sleep well, you'll have that peace of mind at night. If you look back and say, you know what, um, you know, I brought my champion attitude and effort today.
0: Excellent. That's great. Love it. So again, my recommendation is to get the champion's mind by Dr. Jim Afromow. It's a great book. I have it. I highly recommend it. Dr. Afromow. Thank you so much for being here today on the show.
1: Thanks so much, Scott. And, and, uh, you know, best wishes to all your listeners.
0: All right, well, I hope that you got great value from that interview. And again, mindset is something that is so, so important. And again, think about what you can use and apply. Take away from that interview. I I definitely highly recommend the book. It's part inspiration. It's a lot of education. And it's a practical guide to improving our, our mindset and our performance. And as a listener of this podcast, I know that you are committed to and uh, dedicated to improving your performance and get the best out of your training. So this is a book, a guide that I really think will help you do that. It will help all of us do that. So it really emphasizes the importance of this mind-body connection that, that he spoke about. So I recommend getting the book. It's a great read. It's an easy read. You can, um, it, while it's a lot of content, you can read through it and digest some Material very easily, and then pick a specific strategy or two and apply that to your own training. So a lot of content there, but just pick out something, one or two things that you can use and apply right away, and then um, and go to it. And then also refer back to this book often. Again, great books. Uh, that's what I do is I read them, and that, that's why I like physical books because I refer back to them often and this is really a great practical guide in improving mindset and ultimately peak performance and ultimately getting better results better outcomes getting getting the things that we want and that's what it's all about now while i love physical books i do want to make a recommendation for audiobooks as well because anytime you're on the road anytime you're traveling Audiobooks are a great way to continue to learn and supplement your learning. So I want to make a recommendation here about another book and each week what I'll probably try to do is maybe make a recommendation for one book. I was going to recommend a couple books, but I don't want to overwhelm you with too many things to read right now. So while I recommend Dr. Afremal's book, uh, I wanted to recommend this uh, great audiobook as well. So you can get your uh, free uh, Download of this book at audibletrial.com slash train. If you're not a audible member already, again, that's audibletrial.com slash train. And the book recommendation this week is the power of less by Leo Babauta. It's an excellent book. I think we've talked about that previously on one of the, um, Older podcast. I think it was with the interview with Jason Ferrugia actually, that he mentioned that book. It's a great book. has a lot of great key learnings on mi- minimalism in all areas of your life, including fitness, uh, productivity, and many different areas. It's, it's a light read, so I imagine the audio would be uh, very consumable and uh, uh, great content. So that's what it's all about, is the high value of the book the power of less so to get your free audio download and to supplement your learning there i would definitely recommend audiobooks through audible and uh so check that one out as well again i don't want to overwhelm you with uh, too too many book recommendations so you have two books in this week's show one physical book uh the champion's mind and then one audiobook the power of less so that does it that's a wrap for this show thank you so much for listening I have a great show for you coming next week. I'm really excited about that one and I'm really excited about a lot of great interviews I have coming your way. It's going to get really exciting on the podcast and I love these interviews. I hope you get value from them. I will catch you on next week's show. Thank you again for listening. As always, train strong, train safe and I'll see you next time. Take care, guys. Thanks for listening to the Ardella Training Podcast. Go to ardellatraining.com right now to join Scott's tribe of passionate fitness enthusiasts. Get valuable updates and resources that will help you take it to the next level. Train strong. We'll catch you next time on the Ardella Training Podcast.